book six part two of on the nature of things by titus lucretius carus translated by william ellery leonard this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by daniel vermont book six part two great meteorological phenomena etc and so in first place then with thunder are shaken the blue deeps of heaven because the ethereal clouds scudding aloft together clash what time gainst one another the winds are battling for never a sound there comes from out the serene regions of the sky but wheresoever in a host more dense the clouds foregather thence more often comes a crash with mighty rumbling and again clouds cannot be of so condensed a frame as stones and timbers nor again so fine as mists and flying smoke for then perforce they'd either fall borne down by their brute weight like stones or like the smoke they'd powerless be to keep their mass or to retain within frore snows and storms of hail and they give forth o'er skyey levels of the spreading world a sound on high as linen awning stretched o'er mighty theatres gives forth at times a cracking roar when much tis beaten about betwixt the poles and cross-beams sometimes too a sunder rent by wanton gusts it raves and imitates the tearing sound of sheets of paper even this kind of noise thou mayest in thunder hear or sound as when winds whirl with lashings and do buffet about in air a hanging cloth and flying paper sheets for sometimes too it chances that the clouds cannot together crash head on but rather move sidewise and with motions contrary graze each the other's body without speed from whence that dry sound grateth on our ears so long drawn out until the clouds have passed from out their close positions and again in following wise all things seem oft to quake at shock of heavy thunder and mightiest walls of the wide reaches of the upper world there on the instant to have sprung apart riven asunder what time a gathered blast of the fierce hurricane hath all at once twisted its way into a mass of clouds and there enclosed ever more and more compelleth by its spinning whirl the cloud to grow all hollow with a thickened crust surrounding for thereafter when the force and the keen onset of the wind have weakened that crust lo then the cloud to split in twain gives forth a hideous crash with bang and boom no marvel this since oft a bladder small filled up with air will when of sudden burst give forth a like large sound there's reason too why clouds make sounds as through them blow the winds we see borne down the sky oft shapes of clouds rough-edged or branched many forky ways 
and tis the same as when the sudden flaws of northwest wind through the dense forest blow making the leaves to sow and limbs to crash it happens too at times that roused force of the fierce hurricane too rends the cloud breaking right through it by a front assault for what a blast of wind may do up there is manifest from facts when here on earth a blast more gentle yet uptwists tall trees and sucks them madly from their deepest roots besides among the clouds are waves and these give as they roughly break a rumbling roar as when along deep streams or the great sea breaks the loud surf it happens too whenever out from one cloud into another falls the fiery energy of thunderbolt that straightway the cloud if full of wet extinguishes the fire with mighty noise as iron white from the hot furnaces sizzles when speedily we've plunged its glow down the cold water further if a cloud more dry receive the fire twill suddenly kindle to flame and burn with monstrous sound as if a flame with whirl of winds should range along the laurel-tressed mountains far up burning with its vast assault those trees nor is there aught that in the crackling flame consumes with sound more terrible to man than delphic laurel of apollo lord oft too the multitudinous crash of ice and downpour of swift hail gives forth a sound among the mighty clouds on high for when the wind hath packed them close each mountain mass of rain-cloud there congealed utterly and mixed with hailstones breaks and booms likewise it lightens when the clouds have struck by their collision forth the seeds of fire as if a stone should smite a stone or steel for light then too leaps forth and fire then scatters the shining sparks but with our ears we get the thunder after eyes behold the flash because for ever things arrive the ears more tardily than the eyes as thou mayest see from this example too when markest thou some man far yonder felling a great tree with double-edged axe it comes to pass thine eye beholds the swinging stroke before the blow gives forth a sound athrough thine ears thus also we behold the flashing ere we hear the thunder which discharged is at same time with the fire and by same cause born of the same collision in following wise the clouds suffuse with leaping light the lands and the storm flashes with tremulous elan when the wind hath invaded a cloud and whirling there hath wrought as i have shown above the cloud into a hollow with a thickened crust it becomes hot of own velocity just as thou seest how motion will o'erheat and set ablaze all objects verily a leaden ball hurtling through length of space even melts 
Therefore, when this same wind a fire hath split black cloud, it scatters the fire seeds, which, so to say, have been pressed out by force of sudden from the cloud, and these do make the pulsing flashes of flame. Thence followeth the detonation, which attacks our ears more tardily than aught which comes along unto the sight of eyeballs. This takes place, as know thou mayest, at times when clouds are dense, and one upon the other piled aloft with wonderful upheavings. Nor be thou deceived, because we see how broad their base from underneath, and not how high they tower. For make thine observations at a time when winds shall bear athwart the horizon's blue clouds like to mountain ranges moving on, or when about the sides of mighty peaks thou seest them one upon the other massed and burdening downward, anchored in high repose, with the winds sepulchred on all sides round. Then canst thou know their mighty masses then canst view their caverns as if builded there of beetling crags which when the hurricanes in gathered storm have filled utterly then prisoned in clouds they rave around with mighty roarings and within those dens bluster like savage beasts and now from here and now from there send growlings through the clouds and seeking an outlet whirl themselves about and roll from mid the clouds the seeds of fire, and heap them multitudinously there, and in the hollow furnaces within wheel flame around, until from bursted cloud in forky flashes they have gleamed forth. Again, from following cause it comes to pass that yon swift golden hue of liquid fire darts downward to the earth, because the clouds themselves must hold abundant seeds of fire. For when they be without all moisture, then they be for most part of a flamy hue and a resplendent. And indeed, they must, even from the light of sun unto themselves, take multitudinous seeds, and so perforce redden and pour their bright fires all abroad. And therefore, when the wind hath driven and thrust, hath forced and squeezed into one spot these clouds, they pour abroad the seeds of fire pressed out, which make to flash these colors of the flame. Likewise, it lightens also when the clouds grow rare and thin along the sky. For when the wind with gentle touch unravels them, and breaketh asunder as they move, those seeds which make the lightnings must, by nature, fall. At such an hour the horizon lightens round, without the hideous terror of dread noise and skyey uproar. To proceed apace what sort of nature thunderbolts possess is by their strokes made manifest, and by the brand-marks of their searing heat on things, and by the scorched scars exhaling round the heavy fumes of sulphur. For all these are marks, oh, not of wind or rain, but fire. Again, 
they often enkindle even the roofs of houses and inside the very rooms with swift flame hold a fierce dominion know thou that nature fashioned this fire subtler than fires all other with minute and dartling bodies a fire gainst which there's naught can in the least hold out the thunderbolt the mighty passes through the hedging walls of houses like to voices or a shout through stones through bronze it passes and it melts upon the instant bronze and gold and makes likewise the wines sudden to vanish forth the wine-jars intact because ye see its heat arriving renders loose and porous readily all the wine-jars earthen sides and winding its way within it scattereth the elements primordial of the wine with speedy dissolution process which even in an age the fiery steam of sun could not accomplish however puissant he with his hot coruscations so much more agile and overpowering is this force now in what manner engendered are these things how fashioned of such impetuous strength as to cleave towers asunder and houses all to overtopple and to wrench apart timbers and beams and heroes monuments to pile in ruins and upheave amain and to take breath for ever out of men and to o'erthrow the cattle everywhere yes by what force the lightnings do all this all this and more i will unfold to thee nor longer keep thee in mere promises the bolts of thunder then must be conceived as all begotten in those crasser clouds uppiled aloft for from the sky serene and from the clouds of lighter density none are sent forth forever that tis so beyond a doubt fact plain to sense declares to wit at such a time the dense clouds so mass themselves through all the upper air that we might think that round about all murk had parted forth from acheron and filled the mighty vaults of sky so grievously as gathers thus the storm clouds gruesome might do faces of black horror hang on high when tempest begins its thunderbolts to forge besides full often also out at sea a blackest thunderhead like cataract of pitch hurled down from heaven and far away bulging with murkiness down on the waves falls with vast uproar and draws on amain the darkling tempests big with thunderbolts and hurricanes itself the while so crammed tremendously with fires and winds that even back on the lands the people shudder round and seek for cover therefore as i said the storm must be conceived as o'er our head towering most high for never would the clouds o'erwhelm the lands with such a massy dark unless upbuilded heap on lofty heap to shut the round sun off 
nor could the clouds as on they come engulf with rain so vast as thus to make the rivers overflow and fields to float if ether were not thus furnished with lofty piled clouds lo then here be all things fulfilled with winds and fires hence the long lightnings and the thunders loud for verily i've taught thee even now how cavernous clouds hold seeds innumerable of fiery exhalations and they must from off the sunbeams and the heat of these take many still and so when that same wind which haply into one region of the sky collects those clouds hath pressed from out the same the many fiery seeds and with that fire hath at the same time intermixed itself oh then and there that wind a whirlwind now deep in the belly of the clouds spins round in narrow confines and sharpens there inside in glowing furnaces the thunderbolt for in a twofold manner is that wind enkindled all it trembles into heat both by its own velocity and by repeated touch of fire thereafter when the energy of wind is heated through and the fierce impulse of the fire hath sped deeply within oh then the thunderbolt now ripened so to say doth suddenly splinter the cloud and the aroused flash leaps onward lumining with forky light all places round and followeth anon a clap so heavy that the skyey vaults as if asunder burst seem from on high to engulf the earth then fearfully a quake pervades the lands and long the lofty skies run the far rumblings for at such a time nigh the whole tempest quakes shook through and through and roused are the roarings from which shock comes such resounding and abounding rain that all the murky ether seems to turn now into rain and as it tumbles down to summon the fields back to primeval floods so big the rains that be sent down on men by burst of cloud and by the hurricane what time the thunderclap from burning bolt that cracks the cloud flies forth along at times the force of wind excited from without smiteth into a cloud already hot with a ripe thunderbolt and when that wind hath splintered that cloud then down there cleaves forthwith yon fiery coil of flame which still we call even with our father's word a thunderbolt the same thing haps toward every other side whither that force hath swept it happens too that sometimes force of wind though hurtled forth without all fire yet in its voyage through space igniteth whilst it comes along along losing some larger bodies which cannot pass like the others through the bulks of air and scraping together out of air itself some smaller bodies carries them along and these co-mingling by their flight make fire much in the manner as oft a leaden ball grows hot upon its airy course the while it loseth many bodies of stark cold 
and taketh into itself along the air new particles of fire. It happens, too, that force of blow itself arouses fire, when force of wind, a cold and hurtled forth without all fire, hath struck somewhere amain. No marvel, because when with terrific stroke tas smitten, the elements of fiery stuff can stream together from out the very wind, and simultaneously from out that thing which then and there receives the stroke. As flies the fire when with the steel we hack the stone, nor yet because the force of steel's a cold, rush the less speedily together there under the stroke its seeds of radiance hot. And therefore, thuswise must an object too be kindled by a thunderbolt, if haply tas been adapt and suited to the flames. Yet force of wind must not be rashly deemed as altogether and entirely cold. That force which is discharged from on high with such stupendous power. But if tis not upon its course already kindled with fire, it yet arriveth warmed and mixed with heat. And now the speed and stroke of thunderbolt is so tremendous, and with glide so swift those thunderbolts rush on and down, because their roused force itself collects itself first always in the clouds, and then prepares for the huge effort of their going forth. Next, when the cloud no longer can retain the increment of their fierce impetus, their force is pressed out, and therefore flies with impetus so wondrous, like to shots hurled from the powerful Roman catapults. Note, too, this force consists of elements both small and smooth, nor is there aught that can with ease resist such nature. For it darts between and enters through the pores of things, and so it never falters in delay, despite innumerable collisions, but flies shooting onward with a swift elan. Next, since by nature always every weight bears downward, doubled is the swiftness then, and that elan is still more wild and dread when verily to weight are added blows, so that more madly and more fiercely then the thunderbolt shakes into shivers all that blocks its path, following on its way. Then, too, because it comes along, along with one continuing elan, it must take on velocity anew anew which still increases as it goes and ever augments the bolt's vast powers and to the blow gives larger vigor for it forces all all of the thunder's seeds of fire to sweep in a straight line unto one place as twere casting them one by other as they roll in to that onward course again Perchance, in coming along, it pulls from out the air some certain bodies, which by their own blows enkindle its velocity. And, lo, it comes through objects, leaving them unharmed. It goes through many things and leaves them whole, because the liquid fire flieth along athrough their pores. And much it does transfix 
when these primordial atoms of the bolt have fallen upon the atoms of these things precisely where the intertwined atoms are held together and further easily brass it unbinds and quickly fuseth gold because its force is so minutely made of tiny parts and elements so smooth that easily they wind their way within and when once in quickly unbind all knots and loosen all the bonds of union there and most in autumn is shaken the house of heaven the house so studded with the glittering stars and the whole earth around most too in spring when flowery times unfold themselves for lo in the cold season is there lack of fire and winds are scanty in the hot and clouds have not so dense a bulk but when indeed the seasons of heaven are betwixt these twain the divers causes of the thunderbolt then all concur for then both cold and heat are mixed in the cross seas of the year so that a discord rises among things and air in vast tumultuosity billows infuriate with the fires and winds of which the both are needed by the cloud for fabrication of the thunderbolt for the first part of heat and last of cold is the time of spring wherefore must things unlike do battle one with other and when mixed tumultuously rage and when rolls around the latest heat mixed with the earliest chill the time which bears the name of autumn then likewise fierce cold spells wrestle with fierce heats on this account these seasons of the year are nominated cross seas and no marvel if in those times the thunderbolts prevail and storms are roused turbulent in heaven since then both sides in dubious warfare rage tumultuously the one with flames the other with winds and with waters mixed with winds this this it is o memmius to see through the very nature of fire-fraught thunderbolt oh this it is to mark by what blind force it maketh each effect and not oh not to unwind etrurian scrolls oracular inquiring tokens of occult will of gods even as to whence the flying flame hath come or to which half of heaven it turns or how through walled places it hath wound its way or after proving its dominion there how it hath speeded forth from thence amain or what the thunderstroke portends of ill from out high heaven but if jupiter and other gods shake those refulgent vaults with dread reverberations and hurl fire whither it pleases each why smite they not mortals of reckless and revolting crimes that such may pant from a transpierced breast forth flames of the red leaven unto men a drastic lesson why is rather he oh he self-conscious of no foul offence involved in flames though innocent and clasped up caught in skyey whirlwind and in fire nay 
Why, then, aim they at eternal wastes and spend themselves in vain? Perchance, even so, to exercise their arms and strengthen shoulders? Why suffer they the father's javelin to be so blunted on the earth? And why doth he himself allow it, nor spare the same even for his enemies? Oh, why, most oft, aims he at lofty places? Why behold we marks of his lightnings most on mountain tops? Then for what reason shoots he at the sea? What sacrilege have waves and bulk of brine and floating fields of foam been guilty of? Besides, if tis his will that we beware against the lightning stroke, why feareth he to grant us power for to behold the shot? And, contrariwise, if wills he to o'erwhelm us quite off our guard with fire, why thunders he off in yon quarter so that we may shun? Why rouseth he beforehand darkling air? and the far din and rumblings and oh how canst thou believe he shoots at one same time into diverse directions or darest thou contend that never hath it come to pass that divers strokes have happened at one time but oft and often hath it come to pass and often still it must that even as showers and rains o'er many regions fall so too dart many thunderbolts at one same time again why never hurtles jupiter a bolt upon the lands nor pours abroad clap upon clap when skies are cloudless all or say doth he so soon as ever the clouds have come thereunder then into the same descend in person that from thence he may nearby decide upon the stroke of shaft. And lastly, why, with devastating bolt, shakes he asunder holy shrines of gods and his own thrones of splendor, and too breaks the well-wrought idols of divinities, and robs of glory his own images by wound of violence? but to return apace easy it is from these same facts to know in just what wise those things which from their sort the greeks have named bellows do come down discharged from on high upon the seas for it haps that sometimes from the sky descends upon the seas a column as if pushed round which the surges seethe tremendously aroused by puffing gusts and whatsoe'er of ships are caught within that tumult then come into extreme peril dashed along this haps when sometimes wind's aroused force can't burst the cloud it tries to but down weighs that cloud until tis like a column from sky upon the seas pushed downward gradually as if a somewhat from on high were shoved by fist and nether thrust of arm and lengthened far to the waves and when the force of wind hath rived this cloud from out the cloud it rushes down on the seas 
and starts among the waves a wondrous seething for the eddying whirl descends and downward draws along with it that cloud of ductile body and soon as ever tis shoved unto the levels of the main that laden cloud the whirl suddenly then plunges its whole self into the waters there and rouses all the sea with monstrous roar constraining it to seethe it happens too that very vortex of the wind involves itself in clouds scraping from out the air the seeds of cloud and counterfeits as twere the bellows pushed from heaven and when this shape hath dropped upon the lands and burst apart it belches forth immeasurable might of whirlwind and of blast yet since tis formed at most but rarely and on land the hills must block its way tis seen more oft out there on the broad prospect of the level main along the free horizons into being the clouds condense when in this upper space of the high heaven have gathered suddenly as round they flew unnumbered particles world's rougher ones which can though interlinked with scanty couplings yet be fastened firm the one on other caught these particles first cause small clouds to form and thereupon these catch the one on other and swarm in a flock and grow by their conjoining and by winds are borne along along until collects the tempest fury happens too the nearer the mountain summits neighbor to the sky the more unceasingly their far crags smoke with a thick darkness of swart cloud because when first the mists do form ere ever the eyes can there behold them tenuous as they be the carrier winds will drive them up and on unto the topmost summits of the mountain and then at last it happens when they be in vaster throng upgathered that they can by this very condensation lie revealed and that at same time they are seen to surge from very vertex of the mountain up into far ether for very fact and feeling as we up climb high mountains proveth clear that windy are those upward regions free besides the clothes hung out along the shore when in they take the clinging moisture prove that nature lifts from over all the sea unnumbered particles whereby the more tis manifest that many particles even from the salt upheavings of the main can rise together to augment the bulk of massed clouds for moistures in these twain are near akin besides from out all rivers as well as from the land itself we see uprising mists and steam which like a breath are forced out from them and borne aloft to curtain heaven with their murk and make by slow foregathering the skyey clouds for in addition lo the heat on high of constellated ether burdens down upon them and by sort of condensation 
weaveth beneath the azure firmament the reek of darkling cloud it happens too that hither to the skies from the beyond do come those particles which make the clouds and flying thunderheads for i have taught that this their number is innumerable and infinite the sum of the abyss and i have shown with what stupendous speed those bodies fly and how they're wont to pass amain through incommunicable space therefore tis not exceeding strange if oft in little time tempest and darkness cover with bulking thunderheads hanging on high the oceans and the lands since everywhere through all the narrow tubes of yonder ether yea so to speak through all the breathing holes of the great upper world encompassing there be for the primordial elements exits and entrances now come and how the rainy moisture thickens into being in the lofty clouds and how upon the lands tis then discharged in downpour of large showers i will unfold and first triumphantly will i persuade thee that uprise together with clouds themselves full many seeds of water from out all things and that they both increase both clouds and water which is in the clouds in like proportion as our frames increase in like proportion with our blood as well as sweat or any moisture in our members besides the clouds take in from time to time much moisture risen from the broad marine whilst the winds bear them o'er the mighty sea like hanging fleeces of white wool thuswise even from all rivers is there lifted up moisture into the clouds and when therein the seeds of water so many in many ways have come together augmented from all sides the close-jammed clouds then struggle to discharge their rainstorms for a twofold reason lo the wind's force crowds them and the very excess of storm-clouds massed in a vaster throng giveth an urge and pressure from above and makes the rains outpour besides when too the clouds are winnowed by the winds or scattered smitten on top by heat of sun they send their rainy moisture and distill their drops even as the wax by fiery warmth on top wasteth and liquefies abundantly but comes the violence of the bigger rains when violently the clouds are weighted down both by their accumulated mass and by the onset of the wind and rains are wont to endure a while and to abide for long when many seeds of waters are aroused and clouds on clouds and racks on racks outstream in piled layers and are borne along from every quarter and when all the earth smoking exhales her moisture at such a time when sun with beams amid the tempest murk hath shone against the showers of black rains then in the swart clouds there emerges bright the radiance of the bow and as to things not mentioned here which of themselves do grow or of themselves are gendered 
and all things which in the clouds condense to being all snow and the winds hail and the hoar-frost chill and freezing mighty force of lakes and pools the mighty hardener and mighty check which in the winter curbeth everywhere the rivers as they go tis easy still soon to discover and with mind to see how they all happen whereby gendered when once thou well hast understood just what functions have been vouchsafed from of old unto the procreant atoms of the world now come and what the law of earthquakes is hearken and first of all take care to know that the under earth like to the earth around us is full of windy caverns all about and many a pool and many a grim abyss she bears within her bosom ay and cliffs and jagged scarps and many a river hid beneath her chine rolls rapidly along its billows and plunging boulders for clear fact requires that earth must be in every part alike in constitution therefore earth with these things underneath affixed and set trembleth above jarred by big down tumblings when time hath undermined the huge caves the subterranean yea whole mountains fall and instantly from spot of that big jar there quiver the tremors far and wide abroad and with good reason since houses on the street begin to quake throughout when jarred by a cart of no large weight and too the furniture within the house up bounds when a paving block gives either iron rim of the wheels a jolt it happens too when some prodigious bulk of age-worn soil is rolled from mountain slopes into tremendous pools of water dark that the reeling land itself is rocked about by the water's undulations as a basin sometimes won't come to rest until the fluid within it ceases to be rocked about in random undulations and besides when subterranean winds upgathered there in the hollow deeps bulk forward from one spot and press with the big urge of mighty powers against the lofty grottoes then the earth bulks to that quarter whither push amain the headlong winds then all the builded houses above ground and the more the higher upreared unto the sky lean ominously careening into the same direction and the beams wrenched forward overhang ready to go yet dread men to believe that there awaits the nature of the mighty world a time of doom and cataclysm albeit they see so great a bulk of lands to bulge and break and lest the winds blew back again no force could rein things in nor hold from sure career on to disaster but now because those winds blow back and forth in alternation strong and so to say rallying charge again and then repulsed retreat on this account earth oftener threatens than she brings to pass collapses dire for to one side she leans then back she sways and after tottering forward recovers then her seats of poise thus 
this is why whole houses rock the roofs more than the middle stories middle more than lowest and the lowest least of all arises too this same great earthquaking when wind and some prodigious force of air collected from without or down within the old telluric deeps have hurled themselves amain into those caverns subterrane and there at first tumultuously chafe among the vasty grottoes borne about in mad rotations till their lashed force aroused outbursts abroad and then and there riving the deep earth makes a mighty chasm what once in syrian sidon did befall and once in peloponnesian Aegium, twain cities which such outbreak of wild air and earth's convulsion following hard upon or through of old and many a walled town besides hath fallen by such omnipotent convulsions on the land and in the sea engulfed hath sunken many a city down with all its populace but if indeed they burst not forth yet is the very rush of the wild air and fury force of wind then dissipated like an ague fit through the innumerable pores of earth to set her all a shake even as a chill when it hath gone into our marrow-bones sets us convulsively despite ourselves a shivering and a shaking therefore men with twofold terror bustle in alarm through cities to and fro they fear the roofs above the head and underfoot they dread the caverns lest the nature of the earth suddenly rend them open and she gape herself asunder with tremendous maw and all confounded seek to chalk it full with her own ruins let men then go on feigning at will that heaven and earth shall be inviolable entrusted evermore to an eternal wheel and yet at times the very force of danger here at hand prods them on some side with this goad of fear this among others that the earth withdrawn abruptly from under their feet be hurried down down into the abyss and the sum of things be following after utterly foredone till be but rack and wreckage of a world end of book six part two recording by daniel vermont osaka japan